0: of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to rank the games you played last year. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, it's our annual awards show, The Blitzies! We'll be sharing our top five games of 2019, along with other games that we played this year and loved. And now, here are your Blitzies hosts, Emmy. And Crystal! A couple of quick announcements before we hop into the dramatic and wonderful (laughs) awards show. First off, Amby has been releasing her top 100 games over on the Dice Tower's YouTube channel. And you all, if you're not watching these videos, they will all be released by the time this episode comes out. You are missing out if you do not watch these. And not just because <laughs> the theme song and intro is amazing, but Amby does such a good job of describing the games she plays. Ambie, are, did, did you have fun making your top 100?
1: Yes, it was a little stressful because I made it while I had my baby's crying in the other room but (laughs) it was it was pretty fun
0: it is great so i hope everyone will head over to the dice towers youtube channel and find those videos and check them out because they are wonderful also i recently went on the dice tower cruise Uh, i know some of you were there on the boat with me because you came up and said hello and said that you would listen to the show so oh my gosh y'all are the best it was wonderful i would love to recap my cruise experience i don't know where or how I'm going to do that at this point. Probably, the, honestly, my my live Q&A that I do at the end of every month on the Dice Tower might be where I end up doing that. Although, now that I say that out loud, that's going to be in the middle of Dice Tower West. So maybe I'll do it a week early again this month. Regardless, at some point, expect cruise info from me, but that will not be in this episode.
1: Also, we haven't seen any reviews lately on iTunes, so if you like our show and want to review us and haven't reviewed us yet, then please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate any reviews we get, and we haven't gotten any new ones in quite some time, so we're not (laughs) saying that you have to give us five stars. I don't like when people do that, but if you do enjoy our show, we really, truly appreciate those ratings and reviews.
1: Yeah, I like reading the comments.
0: Yeah, and we might even read them on the show. If you leave us a review, we may read it live on the air, so. Warning. (laughs) (laughs) It's a benefit, I swear. (laughs) All right, it is that time. Every year since the very first year of the podcast, the annual Blitzy (laughs) Awards!
1: Yay!
0: The Blitzies are obviously one of the most prestigious awards in gaming, or the exact opposite of that, but whatever, it's fine. It is our way of sharing with you all our favorite games from the previous calendar year. And as a disclaimer, figuring out what year some games came out in is a hot mess. It is really difficult, because some games release overseas and then come to America, some games are never released in America, and some games like get soft releases or kickstarter releases but then don't get distributed widely needless to say there may be some games that we're going to mention today that more formally might have been released in 2018 or even 2017 or possibly 2020 regardless just know that the games we're talking about are ones that we played in 2019 and we like them a whole lot
1: yeah also for games played um Turns out when you're pregnant for most of the year and then giving birth for the rest of the year or have small babies for <laughs> oh, like really the year. Yeah, I'm very glad that you weren't giving birth for months because that would have been yeah. painful. But yeah, it turns out that... Uh, the best games of the year are kind of like the only games that you played that came out that year. So <laughs> sorry that my list isn't very large. I think that that
0: is totally fine. And our listeners will be happy to hear what games kind of rose to the top for you anyway. Because obviously, if you went if you went out of your way to play some games, then we know that there are probably some good ones. Mm-hmm. All right, so we will do our top five games of 2019 at the end of the episode. But before that, we wanted to give some shout outs to games in specific categories that do not fall into our top five. So anything mentioned here is not in our top five. So there might be some categories here where you're like, wait, really? I figured it would be this game. That game might show up in the top five later. These are games that are not in our top five. So first off, we're going to talk about the best new-to-us game from 2019. So this is a game that most definitely did not release in 2019. We're certain (laughs) of it. And it was amazing and we really loved it. So what was that for you, Ambi?
1: For me, this was Indonesia, which is a 2005 game by Splatter. So definitely not a new game. Definitely but, not new. But I've only played a partial game of it at Dice Tarakon, and I really enjoyed it because it's, it's like a three to four hour game, really long game with auctions and pick up and deliver. You're like manufacturing goods and moving them to different places. And it's really complex and also very interactive. And I want to play it again, but I won't get the chance to for a while. So that's Indonesia. Very cool. Well, I'm
0: gonna cheat already. It's our first category and I'm gonna cheat. I won't cheat in most of them, but I played a lot of games this year that I had heard buzz about from multiple people for a long time. Um, and not just friends, but like the board game community at large. So I'm just gonna say that this year I finally got to play four games that a lot of people love that I also loved. And those four games are The Castles of Burgundy, Viticulture, and Technically, I played Viticulture Essential Edition, which came out in 2015 rather than 2013, like the original. Skull King, which is a trick taking game that came out in 2013. And Teachu, which is a trick taking game that came out in 1991. Wow. I had watched people playing Teachu before, and from watching them, I could <laughs> not tell at all how this game worked. And then I got, finally someone taught it to me and I downloaded the app and I have played a lot of Tichu this year, like a lot, a lot. So yeah, Tichu is great. And really trick-taking games are striking me in a specific way lately. I'm really enjoying them quite a bit.
1: Our next category is now 2019 games, and this is the best roll and write or random write category.
0: Yeah, neither one of ours have dice in them. Even yeah. You have to roll and write games.
1: Yes. So mine is Second Chance, which is a polyamino game where you're like filling in pieces and you get to draw the little polyaminos. <laughs> I like doing that.
0: And mine technically involves polyominoes as well. And that is silver and gold. This is the roll and write game where you are filling in squares and you're writing on the cards. Which I, when I heard about (laughs) was like, it sounds very odd, but it comes with really great markers and the cards erase well. And it is really, really fun. I love silver and gold. It's by Phil Walker Harding and I tend to like almost anything that he designs. So Mm -hmm. silver and gold is my best roll and write. So next is best escape room game. I struggle with putting escape room games or games that are one-time plays into my top five list, but I wanted to give a shout out to escape room in a box flashback. I had previously talked about escape room in a box, the werewolf experiment, which is still my favorite escape room game of all time. And the follow-up game flashback while not quite as good as the original, is still amazing. It is my favorite series of Escape Room games easily. So Escape Room in a Box flashback is my favorite Escape Room game from 2019.
1: Yeah, I still need to play those those ones because... You will... I (laughs) I can't wait for
0: you to get your hands on them (laughs) because I really think
1: you'll love them. Yeah, and I actually didn't play that many Escape Room games from 2019 yet. I still have the exit ones in shrink (laughs) waiting to be played. But one Escape Room type game made my top five list, so I'll talk about that later. (laughs) Okay. Our next category is the most unique game. For this, I put Slide Quest. Although it's kind of a combination of things, I thought it was pretty unique because... It uses like the labyrinth type mechanism of moving a marble around, but then it's an adventure game, and you're like pushing things, and it's cooperative, so multiple it's, people are. It literally
0: doing uses it. the box as a yeah. component, and you do not that's, see that's that very pretty, often. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I like Slide Quest. I fun. think
0: the disclaimer or like the little tagline on the side of the box is like the video game board game, and it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. It does feel video game esque yeah, even though it has a like board the game. quests and going
1: yeah. up different levels and stuff.
0: Yep. My most unique game is Nokosu Dice, which is a Japanese trick-taking game that uses both cards and dice to take to play a trick-taking game. I, was, I said earlier trick-taking games are kind of having a thing right now, at least for me. And just the fact that you're using dice in a trick-taking game and that you're drafting dice felt very unique to me. And I really love it. I got to teach this to some people on the cruise and all of them said that it, was, it struck them in a very specific way that they didn't expect because it makes you think differently than you do in a typical trick-taking game. So that is why Nokosu Dice is my pick for most unique. Our next category is most underrated game. Obviously, this is a subjective thing. Uh, for me, the way I pick a game here is one that I think not enough people are talking about. That's kind yeah. of my personal way I judge things. So for me, my most underrated game is Ship Shape, which is from designer Rob Davio. And how a game from Rob Davio is underrated, I do not know. But not enough people are playing or talking about this game, and it is awesome. So, ship shape. Uh, you're getting stuff into a cargo hold in your ship, but the pieces are these foam core tiles with holes in them and you stack them up on top of each other. And then when you look down into your cargo hold, whatever you can see through the holes is how you score. It's very cool, very unique and really fun to play. And it's easy to teach too. So ship shape, my most underrated.
1: Yeah, I had the same definition of underrated as you because I actually checked the BGG rating and it was pretty decent. (laughs) So for my game, it's team three, which is actually two separate games, Team 3 Green and Team 3 Pink. And so are they
0: different games? They're not just like different box covers?
1: Yeah, they they each come with a different mini expansion, which is kind of like a variant of play. But oh, interesting. the base part is the same for both of them. And then if you have multiple boxes, you can play with more teams. Okay. <laughs> so like uh, three versus three. But it's basically a cooperative game where... Like the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkey thing. So one person is speaking, one is seeing, and one is like feeling, and they're trying to cooperatively build the shape. One person's like explaining what to do, the other person's uh, building it, and the other person like is gesturing. I definitely want to try this one. Yeah, it's fun, but I I don't hear much about it. I saw it like on an unboxing and then that was it.
0: (laughs) So that was team three for your pick for most underrated.
1: And now there's a bunch of categories that Crystal's going to talk about because I don't have any more games that are outside of my top five. So um, yeah, Crystal's going to go talk about a bunch of games that she played that were really cool.
0: Yeah. So I played a lot of games. We didn't actually say, it's hard to determine the actual number, especially because of that thing we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. where you're not certain what years things release. I played somewhere in the vicinity of about 60 games that came out in 2019, which honestly feels like a lot at least for me. But so let's see. I'm going to run down some stuff quickly here. For me, the best solo game that I played in 2019 is Tussie Mussy, which is also legit non-solo. I really like it. But I talked about Tussie Mussy when it came out from the Gen Can't Contest before, but I had never played the solo mode, which was new. So Tussie Mussy for best solo game. For my best small box game, I'm going to give a shout out to Fafnir, which was a new game from Oink Games that came out this year. Fafnir is a bidding game where you're bidding on gems that a little chicken has laid um, and it's cute and it comes in a tiny box. My biggest surprise from 2019 is Detective Club. So this one is a little bit iffy on the year because it kind of came out in 2018, but the full English only edition did not release till 2019. So I'm including it here. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect from Detective Club and I adore it. It is one of my favorite games with a traitor or a hidden role in it. And I think it's one of the easiest to teach to people because lying in this game is easier than in most.
1: Yeah, I played this uh, last year too, so in 2018, and I really like it. Like, I don't like Spyfall, but this has the the good parts of Spyfall and it's really easy to lie because it's more like improv. Yeah, I
0: think like this kind of fits up in the same space for me as Detective Murder in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a game with a hidden role that I really, truly love. So that's Detective Club for my biggest surprise. Best IP game. You will notice there will be some stuff in my top five that this would would have fallen here as well, but I'm going to give a shout out to the Trapper Keeper board game. Mm -hmm. If you've seen this on the shelf at Target and you've passed it by, you should go back and take another (laughs) look. Because if you like light set collection games, the Trapper Keeper game is honestly a great one. Very approachable, family-friendly, cute theme, um, and a solid game to boot. So best IP game for me, Trapper Keeper game. I'm going to do a joint category here for best kids game slash best family game, um, and I have a couple of picks that can fit here. One is Bermuda Pirates. Uh, Bermuda Pirates, you are pushing little plastic ships along the ocean, and there are magnets built into the board that can make your ship tip over and spill out its contents. It is very silly dexterity, and it is super fun. And then also Hanga from Haba, I love Honga so much. It's really approachable. This one is definitely not for super young kids because there's some decent strategy in it. But if you have older kids, Honga is a solid game. Very interesting action selection with cards onto the board with different sectors on them. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. So best kids game, best family game, Bermuda Pirates and Honga. Then for me, most innovative, I'm going to give a shout out to Blink's Blinks is a tabletop game system where you have these plastic electronic tiles that light up, have buttons on them, and can be connected together via magnets. And it is a game system that you can play multiple games within. I got to try this one at PAX Unplugged. For the first time and i got to play it with it for a little while and i really truly loved it i know it's gotten shipped out to kickstarter backers i'm not certain if it's gotten wide release yet i know they sold out of their first run pretty quickly but if you aren't aware of blinks i would definitely keep an eye out for this because they also have open source code and you can kind of design your own games for it if you are so inclined so that's pretty neat so that's most cool. innovative blinks And then lastly, before we move into our top five, best foreign game. I didn't know where else to fit this one in and I had to mention it. You all have heard me talk about Let's Make a Bus Route a whole bunch of times. That is from the publisher Sashi and Sashi in Japan. They tend to not distribute their games in the States in any way officially. And they came out with a new one in 2019 called Remember Our Trip. The art style is very similar to Let's Make a Bus Route, but the gameplay is entirely different and it is awesome, I really liked it. If it, if it's not clear how much I liked it, before I got home from the Dice Tower cruise, I had already ordered a copy from Japanese Amazon, and it is actually arriving on Monday, like it's showing up soon. Um, I loved Remember Our Trip, it is very cool. There's a shared board in the middle of the table and every player has a unique board. You are all remembering a vacation you took together but only some of the things you remember will end up on the shared board that is the actual thing that happened. So it's that weird thing where like you're trying to recall something later and you're like, yeah, wasn't there a park there? And somebody's like, no, there was a restaurant there. And it's (laughs) neat because depending on how quickly you do things on your own board, it influences what will show up on the main board. Very neat, very fun. I'm excited to play it more. Best foreign game for me is Remember Our Trip.
1: Cool. Okay, now we're on to our top five games of 2019. My number five was Rail Pass, which is a real-time cooperative game. (laughs) Yes. So this one, I had actually played the prototype like three years ago at BGGCon, and then also two years ago, and then last year, we found out that it was getting published. So that was really exciting. But I really like real-time cooperative games here moving trains around like you're literally picking up and delivering things on trains literally (laughs) picking up and delivering yeah so that's fun
0: it's super fun i this was a surprise for me and i bought it at gen con because it delighted me so much My number five will not surprise any of you, and I won't need to talk about it that much because you all have heard about it from everyone. (laughs) That is Wingspan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I played it for the first time in early 2019, and I've continued to play it for the rest of 2019 and into 2020. The expansion is also great. They have another expansion coming this year. Wingspan is delightful. If you like engine building games and you like games with cool, unique themes, you have to try Wingspan, and that is why it is my number five.
1: Yeah. My number four is higher on Crystal's list, so we can spell it out for you then.
0: My number four is Cartographers. So Cartographers is in the same universe as role player and Lockup, both games that I also very much enjoy. It is a roll and write game where you are drawing different types of terrain onto your player board to score via different scoring conditions. The scoring conditions are variable each game. And it is neat because you do have small ways that you can affect the other players boards, which is a lot of roll and write games don't do. You can negatively affect other players, which I don't usually like being mean in games. But since this game only does it a little bit, it feels kind of fun. I like it a lot. (laughs) Um, Cartographers was a big hit for me and it's one of my most played games of 2019. So that is why it is my number four.
1: My number three is the escape room style game that I played called Adventure Games the Dungeon. So there's a new series called Adventure Games. They're basically like the point and click computer games from the 90s. So there's a book of different texts and there's like places that you go on the board and read what's happening. And so it's basically like you're pointing and clicking at the different places and getting items and doing stuff. So that was really fun. I really liked it. It's basically what I thought time stories should be like. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that here in a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually I, I own one of the adventure games now a friend uh, of mine passed yeah. it on to me but I haven't played it yet and I do think yeah. I'm going to like it quite a bit
1: yeah I also have the second one the monochrome ink but I haven't played that one yet Getting and amazing, they have new ones
0: coming out here in 2020 so yeah.
1: mm-hmm. all
0: right my number three I will admit I've technically only played once and I tried not to generally put too many games in the t- my top lists that I've only played one time. But I knew I was going to love this game. <laughs> and I do love this game. It's Horrified. Basically everything that the Prospero Hall design group comes out with at this point, I'm going to play and enjoy, it seems. Because Horrified is a cooperative game where you are fighting against classic movie monsters. It feels pandemic-esque in a way, but more interesting. And since the monsters that you fight against are variable, you can pick different monsters every game. It changes the way you play the game when you play it. I've only played it the once but I liked it more than I even thought I was going to. So it had to go onto my list. I'm going to be acquiring this one immediately. And I think it will probably become one of my go-to co-ops, especially when I'm playing with people who are a little bit new to the genre, because it's really fun and approachable. So my number three is Horrified.
1: My number two is Wavelength, which is a party game where you're trying to communicate with people. (laughs) So it's kind of like in the same genre as Code Names or Decrypto or something, those are both games that I really like. So there's a dial, and then there's a spectrum from left to right, and you're trying to point your team to where the dial needs to point in the middle of it. And the, but the spectrums are things like bad movie, good movie, or cold and hot. So then you're thinking of some word that fits in there, or like some idea that fits in there, and then the other people are trying to think, oh, is it? It's more. To the right or more to the left based on what they know of you and the thing that you said. So it's really fun. And I really like those types of party games. So wavelength.
0: I really enjoy wavelength as well. It's probably if we did I don't know if we we didn't do favorite party
1: game, no, but it's didn't. probably up
0: there for me. <laughs> My number two was Ambie's number four, and that is Letter Jam! <laughs>
1: Yeah. I Honestly,
0: I thought this one might shake out to be my number one game, but it just mm-hmm. barely missed the number one slot for me. Letter Jam is a cooperative word game, and it is not a party game, although a lot of people yeah. when it first came out kind of t- talked about it like it was a party game. It's yeah. not. It can accommodate up to seven players, either six or seven sure. players. Yeah. So larger groups than some, but yeah, you're trying to get people to guess letters in front of them that they cannot see. You can only see the letters in front of other players, and you're spelling out words using the other players' letters. And it's weirdly thinky for what it is, but always delightful. I've played it a ton, and I really, really like it.
1: Yeah, it's a deduction word game. So yeah, I really like cooperative deduction games. Oh, deduction games there aren't that many cooperative ones but i like cooperative yeah games right that's what kind of makes this one a little bit unique yeah so i only played it i think once or twice though I like the demo so that's why it's lower on my list because i haven't played it enough
0: <laughs> yeah this one is a great one if you like letter games and you like cooperative games i think this is a must own truly
1: my number one is lord of the rings journeys in middle earth which is a cooperative adventure game based on Lord of the Rings. It's <laughs> it's like Mansions of Madness second edition has an app and it's Lord of the Rings themed. You play a character and you're exploring and you you have car- a deck of cards to do your skill checks. So, I've played it a couple of times with Toby playing through a scenario. We actually got a new iPad so we have to restart because we lost the save data. But that's okay. Oh no. <laughs> that's okay because the app randomly generates the scenarios, so it it's not, like, bad to replay it.
0: Very cool. I still haven't played that one. The Lord of the Rings theme doesn't appeal to me that much, but I've heard mm. enough good things about the game that I feel like I should give it a shot. Yeah. And my number one might be controversial because it possibly came out in 2018. It definitely came out overseas in 2018, and I, I, it seems like it might have come out in English in 2019 as well, but or, or in 2018 as well, but it seems like nobody in America had their hands on it until 2019. So I put it on this list, and y'all can yell at me if you want, but I had to talk about it because it is my number one game from this past year, and that is Architects of the West Kingdom. I love this game so much. The first time I played it was on the Dice Tower Cruise a year ago and my husband actually really liked this one as well. And anything that my husband likes, I tend to kind of make sure I give a second look at because there aren't he doesn't like as many board games as I do and I've played this one a bunch of times over the year including at like various player counts and it works well with its full player count. It works good at 2. It works across the board and it's fun for me every single time. Uh, I have heard that a lot of people like Paladins of the West Kingdom more, but I have not played Paladins, so I cannot compare them, regardless of what Paladins will eventually be for me if I get to play it. I I love Architects so much, um, and that is why it is my number one game of 2019. Yay! So in last year's Blitzy's episode, we talked about what we were looking forward to in 2019. What did we say when we were talking
1: about that, Amby? Well, I said Lord of the Rings, Journeys, in Middle-Earth, which ended up so being... nailed it, <laughs> yeah, clearly. I, I nailed it. <laughs> but, um, Crystal, you said the Time Stories, the end of the White Box series, which was uh, Madame, and then the first two of the Blue Box series, which was something, and then the Hadal Project, I think. I'm not sure which, which game yeah. they were supposed to be.
0: <laughs> so mine was a little less uh, on the nose than yours, <laughs> because... I actually, if we had had a biggest disappointment category in our list, the Time Stories Madame, end of the Time Stories White Box series, would have 100% been that for me. I was devastated by how horribly the story of Time Stories wrapped up. I... As a system, Time Stories is still really impressive and really cool. And I had some great experiences with Time Stories over the past five years, which, holy moly, it wow. started in 2015. It's been five wow. years. Like, <laughs> and yet, they screwed up the ending so much that I now have a lesser opinion about all of those delightful memories. That's, I, ugh, I just can't. They really, truly ruined it. And I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't done it. I still think Time Stories is worth playing for sure. But I think at this point, if you pick up the Time Stories system, you need to know going in that the overarching story that connects the boxes will disappoint you in the end. No one is satisfied by what they've done with it. Nobody. And that's really, really sad. And the first two of the Blue Box series just literally just released and I haven't played them yet. And honestly, I might not just because they screwed up the White Box series so much. So
1: yeah, sorry, Space Cowboys. Yeah. And when it came out five years ago, it was like very innovative and really exciting to have that type of game. But now there are so many games that have that experience. Like the adventure games I talked about are what I want Time Stories to be and Now we have the adventure games, so I could play that instead.
0: And escape room games, you often have more clever puzzles now, even. Mm -hmm. Like, Time Stories had some puzzles in it, and that was pretty cool and new and unique when it first started. And now they've got a lot of competition in that space, and they did not step up their game enough, in my mind. At least so far.
1: Okay, so that was what we were looking forward to in 2019, but now let's move to what we're looking forward to in 2020, the future yeah. or now, well, whatever. It's this year. Yeah, it's this yeah, year. Yeah. I keep forgetting it's 2020. <laughs> Time moves by too quickly. Yeah. For me, I haven't been paying attention to mini games that are coming out, but I have been hearing a lot about The Crew, which is a cooperative trick-taking card game that came out already in Germany, but I think is releasing in English in the US in 2020.
0: Yeah, it's actually coming out. The English edition is coming out this month i believe Ooh, in february okay. so i, I believe that, order that is accurate it soon. <laughs> and amby i have to get real with you for a moment here mm-hmm. i played the crew on the dice tower cruise it is so good ah. <laughs> i Everyone had been talking about this. And sometimes when everybody's talking about a thing, you kind of, your brain almost wants to do that thing where it's like, well, if everybody's doing this and I don't want to do it. Mm. But I was like, enough people that I trust say this thing is awesome. I'm going to give it a shot. Holy cow. It's (laughs) so good. But I will preface it by saying it is a trick-taking game and it should, in my opinion, should not be anyone's first trick-taking game. Mm. You have to have a pretty deep understanding and knowledge of the strategies that go into a trick-taking game to play this game well. So if yeah. you've never played a trick-taking game before, as in Hearts or Spades or Tichu or one of those other trick-taking games, maybe try one of those first, <laughs> then yeah. come experience the crew because <laughs> it's so good. I'll talk. Maybe I'll talk about it at length in a future huh. episode. I don't want to bog down yeah. this because we're already going to be over time probably, but I will say it is, listen to the hype on this one, folks. Mm-hmm. It is worth it.
1: Yeah. Because I, I grew up playing a lot of card games and trick-taking games. So, and it's cooperative. Yeah. I like cooperative games. So it's like, oh, that sounds really exciting.
0: It really is. So I guess here I'll give you the t- teeniest bit of how it works for, so there are 50 levels and each level you have specific goals that you have to accomplish as a group. Mm-hmm. In level one, Um, a tiny card will flip over and it's one of the cards that'll be in the deck. So like it's randomly drawn. So maybe it'll be the seven, the blue seven. And then that card gets assigned to one of the players. So now that player has to take the blue seven. That's the only goal for the first round, is to make sure one player takes the blue seven. And there are clues that you can give one another, but only specific clues, because you're not allowed to talk during the course of the round at all. No communication. So you can, the the three clues that you can give are, and these get removed as you get to later levels, to some degree. The three clues you can normally give are, you can put one of the cards down from your hand and say, this is the highest of this suit in my hand. This is the lowest of this suit in my hand. Or this is the only of this mm-hmm. suit in my hand. And that those clues become very important because yeah. if you're not the one that's supposed to take the blue seven and you have the highest blue card in the deck and it's your only card, that's important information for yeah. the other players to know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the levels change dramatically as you move up. I only got to level five, I think we played it like twelve times, and I got to level five, and it oh so good. Okay, I'll stop talking oh, yeah. about the crew. I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going oh, to. Yeah. It's worth it though.
1: <laughs> also, I guess since I'm ambie, I have to mention that <laughs> there were <laughs> that there were a bunch of eighteen XX Kickstarters in 2019, so that was really exciting for 2019. Um, but there will be fulfillment of some of those in 2020 so 1824 actually came out in 2019 but uh 1861 and 67 is coming out in 2020 i think it's going to be shipping in 2020 and that's like the first from grand chunk games and they're making it it was only 60 dollars, so that's like cheap for an 18xx game and it's getting published like nicely has nice components and stuff so that's pretty exciting for The genre of 18xx
0: games. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, a lot of new people will get Mm -hmm. to discover this genre of games that you love so much. Mm -hmm. For me in 2020, there aren't a ton of specific games that I'm looking forward to necessarily. I think I'm just excited about everything, and that sounds (laughs) very on brand for me, a little too on brand. Um, I will say, based on the releases that Prospero Hall had in 2019, I'm excited to see their upcoming stuff. I know that they have a game based on The Shining that's going to be coming out at some point. And I did play the Top Gun strategy game on the Dice Tower Cruise. It released in 2020, so I couldn't put it on my 2019 lists for sure. But it's real fun. So... Almost anything that Prospero Hall designs at this point, I will be playing Mm -hmm. and or buying. And they're doing IP-based games right. They're doing them justice. They're taking IPs and turning them into really fun and interesting games. So, yeah, the Top Gun strategy game literally is a two-phase game where you... One phase is beach volleyball, and the other phase is dog fighting. And you go back and forth between those two phases throughout the course of the game, and it's so much fun. I loved it. So I'll say whatever Prospero Hall comes out with this year, that is my most anticipated thing of 2020.
1: Yay. Oh, and I almost forgot. I'm also looking forward to Rolling Stock Stars, which I think is on pre-order right now. We pre-ordered it. I think it's still on pre-order, but it's coming out this year. And I've been waiting for that for like three a long years, time. almost three years, because I, the designer, we, hit, we had interviewed him like back in 2017 and we, he came over and we played the prototype with him and it was really fun. So yeah, this is like this, the new version of Rolling Stock is Rolling Stock Stars. It's more streamlined and friendly, I guess, but it's still a pretty intense game. Awesome. <laughs> you know. Well,
0: we would love to hear what your favorite games were of 2019, please tweet at us, post um, on the Facebook post for this episode, go to our Board Game Geek Guild and post in the thread there, uh, or send us an email, boardgameblitz at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite games of the year were or what you're looking forward to in 2020 or what you think should be on our radars for 2020. If there's something that you know about that's coming out, that you think we would want to hear about, tell us about it. Also, we just love hearing from you all, so reach out, send us a tweet, all of that stuff, and uh, we'll uh, until next year's Blitzies. The our our awards show is coming to a close,
1: and that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. Build a crew, hunt space monsters, become a pirate king. Tortuga 2199, a deck building and area control game, ends its Kickstarter campaign today, but you can still pre-order it after the campaign ends. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Did you know you can support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month? Become a patron to listen to unedited episodes and join our private Slack channel, which lets you chat with us and other Blitzicatiers directly. Head to patreon.com boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow, technical support provided by Tomi Mao. Boardgame Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time... It's the way you teach it. It's a cartwheel like the hiss. It's the meeples in motion. It's a turn that is bliss. It's that pivotal moment. It's ah, that perfect play. This list, this list. The greatest games. This list, this list. Bye everyone! Bye!
0: For my best solo... Nope, that's (laughs) the one I just said. (laughs) It's time for this episode's alliteration puzzle. Last episode, we asked you to retheme a card-driven game set in Roman times for irritated sea animals whose legs people like to eat. What game was that, Amby? That was Cranky
1: Crab Concordia.
0: (laughs) I love that one. This episode, uh, your alliteration clue, uh, remember the answer is going to be three single words that all start with the same letter. We're asking you to retheme a party game about trying to dial in to someone's thoughts for marsupials who just can't sit still. Good luck, everyone.